Welcome to episode 842 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 842 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? I'm good, Bevan. It's kind of time. Kona, I've got to say, you wore your Kona top. I did wear my Kona top. That's quite a cool design, that one. It's yeah. kind of Kona with a bit of a retro 80s look. This was from our epic camp light Kona. We'll be back there and not going next year. You're not going? No. Uh, so we'll be back in 2020. Why are you not going next year? Because it's uh, too close to road. Oh. It's like literally turn around, come back. Go over to Rhodes, so not going. So if you want to go to the Kona Camp 2024, gives you a bit of time to plan. It's, it's the Olympic awesome year, isn't camp. it? Yep. But it's in May. Won't be Olympic time. Will you go to Brisbane? Uh, I've got an offer of accommodation. Oh, really? <laughs> Sorry, I've forgotten who it was. Off. I haven't got it in front of me, but they after we discussed it, they said, come on over. Oh, and on uh, I've got my accommodation locked in for 20. <laughs> is it 30? 32 will be. 32. 24, 28. So it's, what, it's Paris, LA, and then... yeah. yeah. Can't wait for Sorted. that. Sorted. I've always wanted to go to the Olympics. Can't mm. wait. Um, okay, Jombo, let's say thank you to our sponsor. Iron Talk is proudly brought to you by Form Goggles. Get the most accurate real-time metrics, hundreds of guided workouts, and lap-by-lap motivation. You can check them out at formswim.com. Use the promo code IM15. Also, our patrons. Brian Hellraiser Hagen. We've got Triple Jump Jennifer Edwards. And John Tipping Point Ennis. Okay, this week's show. Now, we are pre-recording this because John's laying on the beach. Mm-hmm. It's a hard life. It's tough know? at the top. He's doing his cone of stimulation. Yeah. You know, simulation, I should say. <laughs> or stimulation as well. Uh, but So we're going to be mostly talking about Kona this week. We are also going to be doing an interview with uh, the geek, Thorsten Rad. Uh, and we've got a bit of a high five on getting your heart rate down. Uh, so, Jonbo, it is Kona Week, super special. We are pre-recordings, but let's dig into it. This yeah. year is a massive change in the race. And why I did want to emphasise that pre-recording, you might be listening to this and we might talk about a few contenders and you'll go, they're not even racing, you morons. Yeah, open up. Uh, because a lot will happen. So when we had last week's show, just on the day of recording, then we saw Cat Matthews was out. Um, so I'm sure there's going to be some changes between when we're recording this, when it comes out, and then even more before race day when people get sick, injured, etc. Um, no doubt. Out somebody will get COVID, so hopefully that doesn't happen. And everything today is nice and accurate. But a big change for this year is the two-day format, which we've talked about a lot. If you haven't looked into it too much, um, basically we know the women are racing on uh, Thursday, and also in that race is the men, fifty to fifty-four, men sixty plus, and the men twenty-five to twenty-nine. Can I just last week we were talking about how there's going to be a lot more Kona slots for females next year. Mm. Um, as in 2023. So if we think about that right now and they do fill the field up, do the men of those age groups go back to the next day? Uh, I would think they'll probably keep this similar format. I don't think we'll get to parity necessarily in terms of male and female. Maybe we will. Um, but I would think you, you still want to just separate it out. And it might be that they change the... Um, the formulation a bit here. You know, what they've clearly tried to do is, you know, you're likely thinking, okay, we've got our slower men, they can sort of tack on to the end of the race and then their liability is not the right word, but they're kind of, 
we can spread both days out a bit more. And then the other thing they've done is they've put some of the real speedsters, the 25 to 29-year-olds there, and that's hopefully going to reduce that, that pack size a little bit on, uh, on the Saturday race day. One thing I will say is if you're a 25 to 29-year-old um, on racing on the Thursday, they're the last wave to start. They are going to have to navigate through an absolute sea of people um, because they are the I don't, they know. Last to start? I don't know if they're statistically the fastest age group, but they're going to be one of the Are fastest. Are they last to start? Yeah. Why do they do that? Um, don't know. That seems odd. Although yeah. I'm sure well, they're, then they're, they're I guess they're, then they're not going to necessarily influence the women's race potentially quite as much, but they're going to have to pass a lot of people. They'll get through a lot in the swim, um, but... But even that, what even a pain in the bum. Yeah. If you're starting, you know, they're going to pass a lot, but if you're starting 45 minutes behind, you know, the... 30-year-old females or something like that, um, you're going to be hitting them on the bike. And, and th- this is where we have this real challenge. We all want drafting to be solved. Wave starts is a really easy solution. But when they're going along the Queen K and they're going through those aid stations trying to get bottles and stuff, you're going to have to be very, very careful. Yeah, um, crazy. So there's never a perfect solution. So then, yeah, And again, I, like, I haven't put any thought into this. I'm sure they put a lot of time and thought into this to make sure they get it right. So they're racing on Thursday, uh, Kona time, which for Kiwis, Aussies and Asia, that's going to be on Friday. Great time for us. That's one. We, My day we, off as well. We suck on uh, on European races, the time zones and stuff. But for Kona, mate, you got twenty three hours difference, isn't it? So it's yeah. basically yeah, yeah. So you get up, Bevan, on Friday morning. You get up at sort of whatever time you get up. Well, Friday morning is my sleeping day, but I get up at four forty, have breakfast, and go back to bed. Yeah. So um, the race start, I think it's six twenty five over there. So that'll be five twenty five yep. here. Uh, so good times. <sighs> Can't wait. Uh, and then on Saturday is, uh, or Sunday in New Zealand, Australia and Asia time, you have the rest of the men and the, the wave times around about sort of mostly 10 minutes, some five minute gaps, some 15 minute gaps between them. So that might be one of the bonuses we see is not having the females on the course. You get to spread things out and hopefully that's going to mean uh, less drafting out there. It's interesting actually because we're going to look at the results from 2019. And it's amazing, you know, three years now. It's a long time, isn't oh. it? You know, and in the female field, there's definitely been change, but in the male field, it's quite a dramatic change. So, okay, so let's go back to 2019, which is the last time we actually held the Ironman World Championships in Kona. Uh, Anne Hag took it out, so now she's a contender still. Yeah. Uh, and the females, we had Lucy Charles Barkley. Now she's coming back. It's hard to know how she's going to go. And Sierra Crowley. Now where's she at right now? Uh, she's not not at her bit. Nowhere near this sort of standard in terms of her her results in the last Laura little Phillip. period. Uh, Laura Phillip is. Definitely a contender. So just looking at Sarah Crowley, um, she's 39 now. Uh, looking at her results, well, she has. <laughs> which, uh, it, her times maybe haven't been as fast, but I, I just completely contradicted myself because so far this season, uh, she won the 70.3 in Santa Cruz. Uh, she won Ironman Cairns and she won Ironman Australia. Yeah, well, now, they right. were all domestic races um, and not necessarily European. Uh, but she, you know, in terms of the... She just doesn't seem like the same athlete that she was a few years ago. Yeah, top three in Kona, like, yeah. you know. Uh, and that's why... You wouldn't pick her in top three right now, would you? No, and you've got to remember, thinking back, just looking at the results, sometimes you go, okay, she finished third place. Maybe she was closing in on Lucy Charles. She had a quicker time on the run. She ran 2.59.20 as opposed to Lucy Charles's 3.05. But if you cast your memory back... It was actually ended up being a real ding dong battle, and she passed Lucy Charles, oh, and Lucy right. Charles yeah, then right. passed yeah. her back again. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so results don't always tell the story of the race. But Laura Phillip, who is fourth uh, in 2019, I think she is a serious, serious contender. Um, what's, what's interesting here, John, is uh, we've got we've got Heather Jackson, who's kind of fallen away a bit. 
mm-hmm. you know, she's she's not getting the same results. But Kaiser Sale. Uh, haven't she, seen her. She hasn't raced or based based on PTO rankings mm-hmm. or, or results. Kona was the last race she did, 2019. Yep, so obviously, yeah, presumably retired. Um, Karina, she, she, she wasn't that old. Like, have they got an age yet? Let me have a look at Because she was the one who... She, she no, used to, don't bring that up. What? <laughs> the, what the, oh, no, no, I wasn't going to bring that up. No, no. <laughs> like, now you make it bad. No, no, she was the one. She was a lovely, lovely person that as a kid did Iron Man. Yes. As a, you know, when she was like eight or something. Yeah. You know, because her dad loved Iron Man so much. And then she went, but she went and basically got on the Iron Man over a day or something. She'd be like that now. Kareen Abraham's another oh, one. Oh, she's 41. Yeah. Kareen Abraham hasn't raced uh, since then either. Um, Carrie Lester was uh, in eighth place. I think Carrie's still racing, but um, I don't think she's qualified yet. Uh, she hasn't raced this year, Carrie Lester. Uh, 2021 was her last race. To, got third place at Cozumel. Um, Della, Daniela Blamler was Blamel, uh, was in ninth place from Germany. She's still racing. Um, and then Lindsay Corbin is pretty sure she's retiring this year. Uh, I think I saw a cross through her name. So, yeah, you got the, the top. Five are all back, and then the the plague set in from sixth through tenth, and none of them are racing. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? I guess then the men's race is really. Sorry, one other thing we need to mention on that one is Daniela Reef had a bad day. Was had a bad day. Yeah, finished in thirteenth place. Yeah, kudos to her for for deciding. And she was out of pretty early too, wasn't she? Mm. You know, it was pretty obvious that it wasn't going to be for her. So then, if we look at the top three or the top five, wow, look at this. So Jan Fredino is not racing. He smashed it. He did, that was a record round, wasn't it? He did a unbelievable, yeah, seven fifty one. Just Tim O'Donnell, it. which even then was kind of no one was picking Tim O'Donnell to get top three. Mm-hmm. He had a stellar race. He had a great race. Sebastian Keenley, you know, he's but, turning up this year. But so I just back to Tim O'Donnell. So yes, third back uh, or second back then. Then we've obviously had COVID. It didn't you know, didn't really race in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. This year he's got sixth at Chattanooga seventy point three, third at Des Moines Ironman, and second at uh, seventy point three Santa Cruz. So you've got to you kind of think this is his sort of last hurrah. Potentially he's forty one. Yeah, of course it is. Well, is in. And he's not good. And you definitely want to go there, and, and that's that's where he's performed his best. It's the American race. You want yep. to try to go out on a high. So for him, I would say if he got a top ten, that'd be a good result. Top five would be awesome. So, Keenley, same thing. Mm. You know, if he got a top five, that'd be awesome. It's hard to see nowadays. His body's been a bit harder. And, you mm. know, he's struggled with body stuff. Ben Hoffman was fourth, mm-hmm. and then uh, Cameron hey, Worth. One, one thing on Ben Hoffman. Um, so how old's Ben Hoffman now? He's thirty nine. But he had a really good race earlier this year when he won Ironman Texas. And when he was in that race, he was actually going head-to-head, had a duel with Magnus Ditlev. Now, Ditlev did have some problems on the bike. He got a puncture and couldn't fix it. But he ended up uh, running with uh, Magnus Ditlev all the way and then just pulled away in the, like, the last 500 metres or something something like that. Uh, so I wouldn't be riding off Ben Hoffman to do a reasonable race. Okay. Uh, anyone else of note? Cameron Worth. There's lots you don't know what, what they're going to do. Cam Worth. Curry. He, again, he's got to be at the very towards the end of his career. 39 years old. Um, it's interesting when you think about these people here. You know, the, the ones who have really lost that last moment of their career because of COVID. Mm. You know, like oh, really? like like a O'Donnell, like a Keenley, like a Hoffman. Mm. You know, three years ago, these were the top five in Kona. Mm. You know, the last three years has probably cost them quite a lot. 
yeah, financially and yeah, just in terms of their resume. Status, yeah, yeah. So Cam Worth's going to be an interesting one because uh, yeah, he got a little bit of hype get going into St George. Didn't sound like he'd done a lot of training for for that. Um, but based on his twenty twenty one performances, he was awesome. So if he has prepared specifically for this. Um, yeah, he's such a weapon on the bike, uh, and his run uh, last time he did it two fifty five. If he can be, you know, chip that down to a two fifty, then he's always in contention. Joe Skipper did Ironman Wales a couple of weeks ago. Amazing performance, I think. You know, if if he races to his best, you know, he's a definite potential to be on the code podium. Mm. Braden Curry finished. What was he third? You know, nearly third. No, this few years ago. No, he finished third oh, at uh, St. George. George. Oh, we've gone on St. George, have we? If he can, uh, no, we haven't gone that, but he, he finished seventh last time. But if he can replicate his St. George form, it uh, could be pretty good. Philip has Kukin, he done much since he's raced? No, he's been, he's been here. Uh, yeah, he hasn't been racing since he's training. Uh, just training the house. Like but he's, been, horse, but he's been a Maui for um, a couple of weeks training, so okay. he should be well heat adapted. Philip Kootenay was eighth place, Bart Arnott's was ninth, and Chris Leiferman was in tenth place. So. Yeah, certainly not a top 10 that you'd be picking for this year's event. Okay, so then if we do look further early on there, which is probably more current to what's happening in the racing, it was quite fascinating just looking back at that. But um, if we do look at what's happening this year, so let's go back to St. George. What happened there, Jumbo? Daniel Ref just crushed it at like not even a competition. Yeah. Uh, Kat Matthews, well, she's out now. She finished in second place. Anne Howe came through with a good run uh, to finish in third. Sky Monch uh, was in fourth. Ruth Astor was fifth. Lisa Norton, sixth. Laura Siddell, seventh. Fenella Langridge, eighth. Garat Farad's Laurel Day was ninth, and Mayor Stage Nelson was tenth. So, completely different um, yeah. top ten there. Other than, you know, Hag and Reef were kind of the only ones who Reef didn't have a good day that day two three years ago. But you know, who were players in that time really? Eh? Yeah. So and so the ones that you think are going to mix that that up completely is going to be. Um, Lucy Charles yep. obviously wasn't racing there. Well, that's um, hard to know with her, isn't it? Yeah, Laura Phillip wasn't racing there, and she was certainly one of the the, the top favourites going in. And those would be the main ones you you, you think you're going to really mix that up a little bit. Um, so, and then yeah, one that you will hear later on was Torsten sort of talking up Chelsea Sedaro as well. So yeah, we only had 22 finishes, female finishes in St George. Yeah, your link doesn't have the men. Oh, here's the men here. Okay, so then on the male side of the race, Christian Blumenfeld just within that 12-month period, which is arguably the greatest 12 months ever in triathlon, uh, he took it out quite comfortably in the end. He won by about five minutes, and he was kind of never really – it was basically he was early on the run he took off, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so – and then Lionel Sanders had that stellar comeback. Jeez, he's a tough bugger. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for Braden, he caught him for about literally – Less than 500 metres to go, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, um, and then Chris Leiferman, which is a good race for him. Yep. Florian Angert, fifth. Leon Chevalier, sixth. Daniel Beckengard, seventh. A lot of people sort of talked him up as being a potential winner. Sam Laidlow in eighth. David McNamee in ninth. And Ben Hoffman in tenth place. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting one there. So uh, that gives us a better indication of what we'll probably see coming up this weekend. But let's go back to this. So if we look into, wait a second, I'm just going back to the show notes. Um, random stuff. Random stuff. Yeah, we're going to come back to some of the, the athletes that are racing. We're going to talk about picks later on, are we? Yep. There's a 90-year-old dude, and I'm sure this is the same guy that came and did the Kona 70.3 earlier in the year. I can't remember if he finished or not, but Inada Hiromu from Japan a 90-year-old starting the race. That's impressive. Even if you finish the swim, that's impressive. I don't care about the rest of the race. But, 
God, that, if he finishes, that's, that that's the sort of stuff that's going to make massive worldwide news. You, know, you think, oh, whoever wins, wins. But if you're the BBC or something like that, are you going to want to cover the, a 90-year-old race? <sighs> Definitely, man. That is going to I remember be when the, the first 100-year-old did a marathon in India. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah. That, that made the world news. Now, Emily kind of walked it. Disappointing. Mm. His time was slow. <laughs> Shut up. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it was a pretty, like 100 doing a marathon. Yeah. But the, the challenge here is this 90-year-old might be able to do it. Is he going to make the cut-off times? Wait and see. But well, if he does, if he finishes, that's well impressive. Yeah. Okay, um, so we'll talk about our own picks later on. But, okay, John's quiz question. Has a Norwegian pro ever raced in Kona? Because hmm, I was thinking... John I, does know the answer now. I do, because Tors Three weeks told in a row. me. <laughs> and, uh, we should have gotten to email it to us. Oh, he has as well, I think. Oh. Uh but I was just thinking, you know, Norwegians are just crushing every bloody sport at the moment. Endurance sport, you've got Inga Britson, who's um, just crushing it in athletics. They won the World um, Cycling Time Trial Champs, one of the guys oh. uh, last week. Was that weekend. quite controversial? No uh, one turned up? Oh, a lot of people didn't turn up. Um, it's Because the cost is getting ridiculous or something. Yeah, it's just the other side of the world. It's been a long season. Yeah. And it was in Australia, was it? Yeah. 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 Um, and... Inga Bretson's obviously just smoking the runner, the cycling, the triathletes. There were some other sports I was watching. Why? Because it's not, it's not historical. No. So whatever's going on over there. But I was just thinking, we've got these two dudes this year that are real serious contenders. I don't ever recall there being a Norwegian pro racing in Kona. Well, you, you know the answer actually, but we'll find out soon later on the show. Okay, let's talk about the race profile for race day, particularly viewing if you're trying to get to feel for what's out there in the athletes. So talk us through the swim, bike, run, jumbo. I got a request to do this the other day, so hence why it's coming up again. And this is a copy-paste from when I was doing 2019 preparation oh, a little bit before it. it. I was blown. I, was, I kept, kept checking when I went back to 2019 going, is this really how long ago there was an Ironman? Yeah. It's a long time since we've had it. God, a lot's happened in three years too, eh? Yeah. You know, if you'd gone back to us at the end of Kona saying the next three years the world's going to close down, <laughs> then you're like, whatever. You know? um, but one thing that hasn't changed massively is the course. There has been a few little tweaks here and there. But yeah, I thought it might be useful if you're watching the coverage just so you can kind of get a feel for what it's about. Um, the course, the swim, is a deep water start. You do a counterclockwise one lap swim. So... You know, more or less halfway out, halfway back. When you're in the water and you're looking out there, that turnaround is a long, long way away. You know, so many of our races these days are, are two lappers and or, or slightly different type of configurations, but this one, it's a long way out to that first boy. Uh, they've got separate wave starts, which is going to be great. Didn't used to have that. It used to be a mass um, start, so that's going to be good again this year. Um, so swim's pretty straightforward. Um, the transition is a, on a big, long pier, um, reasonably long run, and then you'll come out of uh, onto the bike ride. Last time I raced, I measured exactly 180 kilometres um, on the bike ride. So you come out of transition, and you go up past this hotel on the left, which is the King Cam Hotel that you, a lot of you will have heard about. And you've got this little kicker up to the set of traffic lights. And the challenge you often have through that period there is every Tom, Dick and Harry is trying to get their feet into their bike shoes and they're swerving all over the road. Um, so it's quite a tricky point. So I, they should just basically be having their feet on top of their pet, uh, shoes and ride up to that set of traffic lights because then you make a left-hand turn and then it's flat for a couple of Ks and then you can kind of just get yourself settled in. Um, so you'd get, do a little 
couple of caves around the um, sort of an industrial area. You've got a little kicker climb up into the Queen K, and then you're biking up what we all know as Mark and Dave Hill, which is just a gentle incline. You make a right-hand turn at this big set of traffic lights, which is the Palani, uh, top of Palani Hill, and then you come bombing down um, Palani Hill, which is about 400 metres long. The age group is, it's a no-pass zone, which is incredibly frustrating. I'm not sure about the pros if they're allowed to pass down there or not, um, but it's it's fast, and then you've got a, a pretty hell-raising left-hand turn at the bottom. One year we were there, we saw somebody crash. I think it was Matt Hansen mm. um, that went flying into That's the right. We shouldn't laugh about that, but yeah, you do get a few little crashes um, on that corner there. You make a left-hand turn, and then you're onto what's known as uh, Kuakini Highway. Um, rough as guts, the road has lots of little potholes. You see drink bottles sort of flying all over the place. Um, really easy to lose your nutrition there. Uh, and it's a just an incline up to the first sort of turnaround point. It's not steep. Easily go on your aero bars all the way. Groups are kind of sorting themselves out. Quite a narrow road and quite difficult for the pros to sort of um, you know, jostle for, for positions. So you go up there from memory, I think it's about 5k, maybe a little bit more. Um, you do a turnaround at Kuakini and then you're coming down this sort of uh, gentle gentle downhill. For age groupers, good chance to sort of just get a bit of a regroup. Pros are still really jostling position and making sure you, you get a good position for when you get up onto the Queen K. So at the bottom of this Kuakini Highway, you make a right-hand turn on Hot Corner, best place of the race to, to be watching, and you climb up Halani, which is about 400 metres long, and this is where Bevan and I are always spectating, and yeah. it is hilarious yep. watching how hard people go. It's mental, uh, like out of the seat, absolutely it. cranking it up Palani, and then you make your left-hand turn. And, and for the pros, it is quite an important part of the race because that's going to determine your positioning um, for when you're on the Queen K. So this Palani Hill is two lanes wide, so you can quite easily pass and sort of there's not going to be people um, or draft marshals sort of giving you penalties on that point. But once you get to the top and you make that turn, left turn onto the Queen K, you're there for about 50 Ks of rollers. And at that point, then you get that big long pace line and then passing becomes really difficult because you've got to commit and make uh, really, really big passing manoeuvres. So you always hear about the wind of Hawaii. It doesn't normally start until you're about 30 k's down the Queen K, um, around sort of the Waikoloa area. So on the race coverage, you'll see they go through a few sets of traffic lights in this sort of point of the race, and that's typically where the wind might start. It doesn't usually start much before that unless it's an exceptional sort of windy day. And then you get to the end of the Queen K um, after about 50 k's. You turn left down quite a steep hill um, to a place called Kawaihai. And then you make a right-hand turn and you head up to Harvey. And the good thing with Harvey, it's like a staircase sort of climb. You're pretty much down your aero bars most of the way. There's just a few bits where you, you do need to get out of them. Um, but the good thing is, as you're climbing up there, it gets windier and windier, um, but also gets cooler and cooler. So windy, but cool. So kind of pluses and minuses. Get the turn at Harvey, um, and then you're bombing it down the hill, and it's just a gentle downhill. You've got to keep pedaling pretty much all the way. Um, you often have you know lots of wind, which makes it challenging to control your bike if you're an age grouper. Um, and athletes, we, we see at the pros, this is where they often make their big move, is on the downhill, not necessarily the uphill. So look out for um, Harvey. It's a tiny, you've been, how many times have you been there? Probably only been there once or twice. Harvey? Yeah. Because in the race you did it, you probably didn't even do it in the training, right, did you? Oh, I think we drove out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is a tiny place. It's like a general store. Yeah. 
um, a, uh, there's one coffee shop and there's a couple of little touristy shops and that's it. Um, but you wouldn't you wouldn't go visit there, would you? No, not really. No. Yeah, there's a few cool things sort of near nearby, but it's um, yeah, you wouldn't make a special trip out there. So once you've done that turn, you're bombing down the hill. Um, you can lose big time. You can also get quite uh, hot. It gets sort of hotter and hotter as you're going down the hill. And then you get down to Kauai High. You've got a steep climb out of Kauai High. Um, and then you're back onto the Queen K. And this is where the action starts. For, for the age groupers and the pros, you're 130, 140K into the ride. And you're getting a bit tired. And you're getting, and it's starting to get hotter and hotter and hotter. And if you're not having a great day, it's going to start getting pretty, pretty ugly. Um, and then one of the key moments, and I always remember this from when Maka won one of his races, um, there's a climb to Scenic Lookout. It's only really gentle climb. Again, you're probably still in your big chain ring, especially for the pros, but I remember that's where he attacked one year and just lay the smack down and pretty much won the race on on you know splitting the group apart at that moment. So Scenic Lookout is, if you hear the commentators talking about that, it's um, a really important part of the race. Bevan, having, I just remember something that I looked at just before today's show. Yeah. We often celebrate Cameron Brown and, and Craig Alexander as being mm. really um, old athletes that have done, still done yep. exceptionally well. I was looking at some results earlier, and one of the commentators you're going to hear is Dee Dee Griesbauer. Yep. She fit, I think she finished like fourth at a 70.3 at the weekend <laughs> and had the fastest spike split. How old is she? And she's like well into it. She's like, I should pull that up. That's impressive. Um, so if you're listening to Dee Grace about, and man, she can talk. She's, she's great, but geez, um, let's just find this result because it was bloody impressive. I think it was 70.3 Augusta, it was. So kudos to her. Finished in fourth place. She had the fastest spike split by quite a bit, by a minute, minute 10 seconds. She's not the greatest runner, fourth fastest in the swim, and she's 52. Jeez, that's impressive. So when you're listening to her, she knows what she's talking about. She's still bloody fast. Uh, okay, so coming back down the Queen K, uh, you go past Scenic Lookout, and then you kind of it towards the tail end of the race, but where, this is where you can lose or gain quite a bit of time. You're going past the airport. Everyone's starting to get a bit tired. Um, you've got a bit of uphill, um, and, yeah, you make big time. The last stretch into town is downhill, so you can get a bit of a breather if you want it, or you can just keep the foot down. And I remember one year... I think it might have been the last time in the race. Um, Jan Fredino was riding with Alistair Brownlee for quite a chunk of the That's way right. back. Yeah. And then in that and last section, he just, Frodo just smoked it and put in big time into everybody. Um, so you're off the bike. You've had a downhill finish, so you're feeling hopefully okay. Uh, you get off, head off on the run. You've got this tiny little uphill again at the start of the run um, until you get on to... Uh, back onto the Kuakini Road, you do a little loop around town, then you're onto Ali'i Drive, you run down Ali'i Drive, which isn't flat, it's rolling, the TV footage will make it look like it's flat, but it certainly has some rollers, the The pros can generally keep their pace pretty good, but for age groupers it has you know pretty reasonable impact, good patches of crowd support along there, and this year in the men's race in particular, we should see massive, massive amounts of people because all the females will have raced. You have an aid station every mile, and then um, you make your turn, you come back, and then you've got Palani Hill, which is 400 metres of torture. Um, you often see even the pros walking up Palani Hill, and then you're onto the Queen K, which is lonely because they once you're a few Ks down there, you have no spectators. It's just going aid station to aid station. Slightly rolling, but not, um, not crazy. There's a different entry and exit point into the energy lab, but it's still bloody hot and um, tricky, and that's often where we see some placing changes. And when you get out of the energy lab, you've got roughly 
10-ish Ks, it's a bit different now um, to, to head home. So that's your course overview for Ironman. One thing that Oh, you still have to head home. You still got to get home. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and oh, the, towards the end, so you go along the Queen K, and then you've got to go up Mark and Dave Hill, where we've seen Mark and Dave battle, and Andreas Raylert and Maka. Maka battle. Then you turn right, you've got a really tough downhill, 400 metres down Polani, and then about one mile um, loop around town. And that was that downhill is where we saw yeah, Maka win the race one year, and we've seen some other pretty significant points there. So it's not over when you're at the bottom of that hill. And then you kind of get into town, you come into town, you kind of turn a corner heading towards the main road, mm-hmm. and then you get the crowds. It's um it's a cool part of the race when you because the problem is you're at the bottom of Palani you're literally about a hundred meters away from the finish line but you've still yeah. got a mile to go because you've got to loop around. Um, one change they've made this year, which is an interesting one, and I assume it's because they haven't got enough volunteers, but they've actually reduced the number of aid stations on the bike and the run. Oh, really? Which I saw announced, and there were people up in arms, rightly so, because. I never found there to be um, too many out there, wow. and most people are the same. So it just seems like a bit of an odd one because you're probably right, but it's probably about getting people. You've got to get so many volunteers it, for, for two, two days. days. Yeah, Kona is not a big place, uh, so that's a bit of an issue and something that if you if you are listening to this and racing at the Especially weekend, it's like Kona, where like you you get so hot in your fluids and stuff. <sighs> yeah, you know you want the aid station to get some cool stuff. So strategically, whether it be Kona or any other race around the world, you've got to think pretty pragmatically about things and if I was getting a little bit hot in Kona even racing at the front end I'd be pulling over an aid station and making sure if I if I bottles I'd basically be stopping and going and grab making sure I get at least one bottle to carry on because there's going to be a bit further to go between aid stations so let's actually go let's go to Thorsten first and then do our picks afterwards okay and we'll do a high five later on so we've got Thorsten up now he's going to give some insight into the race he's always pretty genius at what he does here is Thorsten Rand from tryrating.com Radio team, it couldn't be a Kona super special preview show without getting uh, Torsten from Try Rating on here because Try Rating is where you can go to get all your sort of pre-race information, learn a load about the pros, um, learn about the course, and basically just be able to sit down there for two races this year and know that you've got the inside word on all the pros and you can watch it mm-hmm. feeling knowledgeable. And uh, yeah, so welcome along to the show, Torsten. Thanks for having me again. And always fun to talk with you about any race, but especially pre-Kona. Well, you've been a busy, busy boy. Um, you're not you're not going over to Kona, but have you been at the PTO race? We know I've heard Belinda Granger mention you a few times in terms of providing um, content for them. Are you doing that uh, <laughs> on site or remotely? Yeah, we tried that remotely for Edmonton, um, and that didn't work out quite that well. So we switched now to as much as possible uh, go to the race venue, and uh, that was a big, big thing for Dallas. Uh, the travel is a bit long for me from Germany to fly over and then back, and so I'm I'm not still sure what what time zone I'm in <laughs> for now. Um, yeah, but Delos was was a lot of fun and helping Belinda and the rest of the team to uh, give information uh, both the days before the race and then also as the race happens because um, I can focus on the tracker data and come up with all the interesting tidbits of who's making up time that um, they can't really focus on when they're. Um, concerned with talking to the picture they have and all the other information they get. So I think it's a good share of work that we have and being being there at the same time in the same place is super helpful and hopefully it, it improves the the broadcast a little bit. Just, just on that, um, 
can you talk about the experience in Dallas? You know, like, you know, like from the outside, it looked like it was pretty low key, um, at least from a spectator viewpoint, um, just from someone who was on the ground. And I know you're probably working kind of maybe in a booth or something, but just the overall feel. Yeah, I mean, the the, the thing for us happened in, in a um, TV truck, um, so we didn't get that much um, experience from, from the race course and the atmosphere from us. Uh, but there was quite a bit of age group racing, uh, both at the at the day of the female race and on the day of the male race. Um, unfortunately, I don't think too many people stayed for the pro races and and watched that. And it was a bit of tricky to get people uh, to spectate out there. But there was some um, uh, spectators, um, at least in the transition zone, um, cheering uh, the pros on and getting the atmosphere. But I think that's going to be the challenge for um, for the PTO to have the events in locations where that's actually going to be um, a interest from from the local government because I guess they pitch in some some of the money for the event and then also have a lot of people there. So uh, obviously having a race in in Rode or something like that that would be a dream scenario, but it's kind of to replicate that um, from the get go. So we'll see how that goes. But um, I think the event organization itself has been working well. Uh, the broadcast around it has been working well. Um, it was a great atmosphere to be in the race hotel with, with all the staying there and all the discs you get from that. Um, yeah, just it would be a bit more fun if we had um, a couple more people lining the street there. Need, need a Sol- Solenberg Hill like in Rote. Mm. Um, I was looking at tryrating.com um, before recording today's show and was looking through the list of athletes that are that are due to start and one thing that sort of surprised me and i'm not sure if this is different to normal but there seem to be a lot of debutants people who have not raced over there before we know the norwegians are are making their debut um but tell us a bit about some of the other the people that are then making their debut and anybody that you kind of like the the look of Yeah, I mean, the, the, the starting discussion would be what do you count as a debut uh, athlete? Uh, does someone who was raced in St. George, like like Christian, um, does that, does he still count as a Kona rookie? Uh, I guess I guess so, but that kind of makes the discussion a little bit uh, trickier. Um, but yeah, looking at a couple of them, I mean, there's, there's always this one or two that you think could play a role, um, but maybe not not as as a rookie there. Um, Gustav hasn't done anything yet other than Arda, so he's probably the only one really high-profile athlete um, who hasn't um, neither done St. George nor nor Kona before. Um, on the ladies' side, I would I would look at Chelsea Sodaro, who might be one. She just did uh, Ironman Hamburg as her crying race and hasn't done a full race after that. But um, yeah, the, the mix will be just super interesting uh, with um, the kind of established athletes, um, those who did well in St. George. I mean, there were a lot of um, new athletes in St. George who did well. And then, um, yeah, the complete rookies for the Kona course. Just, just we obviously know that Frodino and uh, Kate Matthews won't be racing. Are there, are there any notable races who won't be racing? And, and do you have any insight into that? Yeah, I mean, we had this discussion with um, um, Joe Skipper, um, who kind of raised the issue of, oh, gosh, Kona is going to be really expensive. The issue solved um, with for Joe with his result in Wales and then a couple of sponsors um, picking up some extra 
uh, kicking in some extra money there. But there are other, uh, let's say, second and third tier pros um, who just um, feel it doesn't make sense for them uh, uh, to go to Christendable. Um, today, Svenja too has posted that. Uh, Nina, a um, couple of the others, um, um, Anna Watkinson, um, th- those kinds of uh, um, people um, who are really unlikely um, to go to Kona and to finish in the money, let alone in the well, top 10 or top seven that you probably mean if um, that should be, um, uh, if, you, if you purely look at it as a money-making venture. Um, then you have got, got a couple that who are injured, like like Ellie, uh, like Kat Matthews, who's had this unfortunate accident uh, just recently, um, was injured. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. And then there's a couple who, of people like um, Cody Beals, who just said that um, made a decision pretty much a long time ago to just structure season differently and do a bunch of uh, racing fall, and that that would be a better proposition for him uh, than than making it to Kona. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I mean, there's a lot of discussion around Kona and around the cost of Kona. Um, so a lot of people will have um, will be thinking about the viability of Kona as a long race and as a, a pro venture for them. Uh, but I don't think. Or the jury out on on any final decisions there, but um, yeah, some some people are thoughted. Yeah, Cody Beals is probably the one athlete that seems to really treat Ironman racing as a business. And you know, if it doesn't stack up, you know, I guess you've always got that, and you've got to invest in Kona if you want to be a contender, sort of long term. But I think he looks at it as a business. So kudos to him. Um, one thing that is a bit interesting this year with with two world champs in one year, when we had St George and and just you know the PTO races now that that a lot of the athletes are doing. Have you noticed at all in terms of your stats that the athletes are, are racing any differently? Like, are we seeing that? You know, some athletes are maybe doing fewer Ironmans than what they might have done in the past, or or is it sort of looking pretty pretty similar to what we sort of see uh, in pre-COVID times? Yeah, it's it's hard to to distinguish between the COVID and people still coming out of that the tail end of of that those issues. Um, the establishment of the PTO tour, which was just I don't think there were two. Um, made their season plans around the Edmonton and Dallas races at this point. Um, whenever it was convenient, they probably were able to adjust plans slightly, but I don't think um, people have really planned their season around the PTO tier events. That might change next year with um, the uh, having the races been a success from a commercial viewpoint this year. Uh, next year, likely going to be more events um, and people having a little bit more time to plan things. Um, but for now, I don't think Kona is affected by that. Um, maybe 70 might be affected uh, both this year uh, with the late date that they have uh, for the 70.3 Worlds in St. George. That might be a bit late for a couple of people. And then next year with the race in uh, in Finland, which is maybe not the most um, interesting location. And then in, how, how do you pronounce that? Topa uh, in New Topa. Zealand. Uh, Topa. That might also be um, a... a, a uh, quite far away with costs that people make a thought, and if the PTO or two events uh, around that um, are better uh, from a paying view payment viewpoint, then that may change. But I don't think it's it's affecting Kona for now. Um, things may change next year. Let's see. 
So to tell us a bit about the rating report for this year, um, I know you don't want to give everything away because we want people to go on there and, and check it out themselves, but um, who who are sort of your top seeds in terms of your rankings? Because your rankings look a bit different to, say, the, the PTO races. Um, who's sort of looking you know, statistically like they're going to come out on top? And uh, tell us a little bit more about what's sort of included in your uh, rating report. Yeah, I mean... the. This year's rating report was a little bit different than, than previous years because that was just that I would like to um, for preparing that. I mean, there's always stuff that, that ends up on the cutting room floor, probably a bit more this time. I tried a couple interviews, but just wasn't able to really um, get them in a in a shape ready to print. So um, that, that's been a little bit shorter, but... Um, yeah, maybe maybe a bit about the difference between my the data that that I have and the PTO rankings. Uh, the PTO rankings kind of bring together both the short course athletes and the long course athletes, whereas my predictions for Kona are only based on the results over the long distance. So, uh, some of the racers that have have haven't really done um, a long distance race before, um, maybe not may not be that um, well represented in, in my Kona predictions. And Kona predictions also focused on how well people have done long course. Uh, so if you look at um, the top ranked or the, the top predictions that I have for um, for Kona, um, you'd get the typical names that probably would be on the top and maybe with, with a few um, surprises. Uh, the easy picks are always um, who won last year. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Daniela and Christian are my top picks for the men's and females. But then you get someone like Annie Hauk, Laura Phillip, Lucy Charles, or Kat Matthews would have been up there that I consider um, also favorites on on the female side. And then on the men's side, um, obviously Gustav, uh, Brayden Curry would be up there, uh, Lionel Saunders, um, but then also uh, people who haven't done that well uh, in the in the last Kona, uh, like Patrick Lange, or athletes who haven't done um, Kona before, like Magnus Didlev. And that's going to be a real interesting one to me that... Uh, Magnus in that mix with his bike strength, uh, how much is he going to change the the dynamics of the race there? Okay, put your put your money where your mouth is. Um, give us give us your da- a dark horse for the top five that you, you think people maybe aren't uh, talk going to talk about too much. So give us a, give us a top five dark horse, and then your uh, your top three if you want to deviate away from your uh, from your rating reports. <laughs> <laughs> your emotion takes over the stats. <laughs> well, to- <laughs> right. Then obviously uh, Sebi is going to win uh, Kona here because <laughs> uh, Sebi, I think, <laughs> uh, he's a sentimental favorite, both of mine and a lot of other people. And likely Kona is going to be his final race where he's 100% focused on race performance. So seeing Sebi do well in Kona, I think that would be a nice thing. And doing well in Kona for him at this point probably means like a uh, podium would be absolutely awesome. Top five would be a good result. Uh, top 10 would still be okay. But I just hope that he's going to gather this this good race um, that he hasn't had the last couple of years. So Sebi would be my, well, I don't know if you can call Sebi a dark horse, but at least yeah. a sentimental favorite. Mm. And on the female side, I think um, to me, someone like uh, Chelsea Sodaro has done really well uh, whenever she's been on form. Um, she had an amazing race in Hamburg that I was able to follow along with her. Um, she could be really a surprise um, in in the top ten. And we've just had a discussion with with a couple of other friends: is who's going to be the top uh, U.S. athlete 
in in Kona uh, in St. George it was Sky Mönch uh, so Sky could be a contender there uh, um, I don't know if Sarah uh, in the data she's had an amazing comeback after having a baby by winning in uh, in Lake Placid um, and yeah all of a sudden Heather Jackson is just one of a couple of names that is mentioned so I think there'll be a big fight among the US women who comes out on top of that but um, yeah it'll be, it's, it's hard to imagine that they will be um, yeah, maybe top five, but podium would be a real, real great surprise. And I don't think I don't see any of them uh, winning in Kona this year, but we'll see. There's always uh, one or two things that you didn't expect happen, but I think there's a lot that needs to happen for a US women or a US men for that uh, to win in Kona this year. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Always love your um, your insight. And guys, if you want to get everything you need to know about Kona uh, in terms of the pro athletes, go and check out tryrating.com. Um, Torsten's got all the information in there and great to support him because we know that over the years he's done so oh, much good yeah, work and, um, and, yeah, sort of helped the PTO sort of form what I think is, is you know, all their, their rankings and so on. So, um, yeah, love your work as always, Torsten, and um, we'll look forward to seeing you virtually online on the two race days, uh, so a couple of late nights for you. Yeah, German TV has hired me to help them again with pretty much the same thing that I did for the PTO events. Uh, unfortunately, not paying travel to Kona, but just tr- uh, paying for the travel to the studio they have near Frankfurt. So that'll be two nights for me. And then let's see if German TV comes out and uh, um, coverage. The interest for the female race on Friday night is going to be. Um, and if that's comparable to where the men's race up, but let's see where, where things end up. And hopefully we'll have um, a German winner on the female side, and then that'll create interest enough for both the coverage that has been and for the men's race. Well, awesome. good luck with that. We've ho- hopefully we have a Kiwi Kiwi winner. So we've got Braden Braden Courage to take out the men's, and uh, geez, I think probably Rebecca Clark's our only female pro racing. So a couple of Kiwis instead of a couple of Germans. Here we go. <laughs> cool. Thanks for your time as always, Thorsten. Yeah, I think we'll we'll both be okay if it's one German and one Kiwi, right? Yeah, definitely. We'll take that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> thanks for coming mate always fun thanks and uh hopefully uh everything's going to be okay with you bevan and yeah, we'll you. have an awesome corner race this year game on thanks mate okay so those are those are thorsten's thoughts on the race so let's oh, i'm sorry about the audio on there he was a little bit out and back and but that sometimes happens but let's go into what we think is going to happen on the race so how the pro race might happen or often happens and what we think it's actually going to happen in the race. So I think the first thing to say with Lucy Charles has been back in the race, it makes it pretty interesting, doesn't it? It does. For, for the, the TV footage, it's just going to be stuck on Lucy Charles for a long period, mm. which is in a way is, is good and bad, but you probably won't see the dynamics of what's actually going on behind because they'll just put the lead camera on Lucy Charles, which is great. She's out there in the front. And as I said either earlier in the show or last week, you've got to think she's going to be leading at Harvey and you've got to think she's probably going to be right up there at the end of the bike ride. She's bloody strong on the bike. Um, but I think who would not put money on Danielle Reef to win this yeah. race by Especially quite some margin? You know, if St. George hadn't happened, you said been a bit up and down over the last couple of years, you know, like she's still a stellar athlete, don't get me wrong, but St. George, you just, dominated and uh, the collins cup yeah true yeah absolutely crushed it so you know this is what i'm expecting is probably going to happen lucy charles will smoke it and stay out the front of the race for a long period of time reef will just come out of the swim wherever she does sometimes she has a bit of a crappy swim and she'll just ride straight through everyone we saw cat matthews keep up with her a bit and 
St George. She's not there. But I think if Reef's on on her game, she's just going to ride straight through. If she doesn't, this could be a fantastic race. So if if, if that doesn't happen, and when we're not sure if Lucy Charles has the full yeah. base underneath her, who knows? I, I mean, I think like if you got Anne Hag, he's going to run through, or yeah, well, I think then it probably comes down to either Anne Hag or Laura Phillip who will come through on the bike. They're both weaker swimmers, both um, really good runners. So I think it'll come down to yeah, running race because what you often see is Reef will just ride straight through, and then you'll get a couple of packs forming, so you get that sort of strong swimmer, you know, just not B grade pros or anything like that. Yeah. But that sort of next rung down, we have that sort of front pack, and then you have the sort of the pack that may form with the the runners that'll sort of weaker swimmers, and they'll sort of ride together, and how if they make any inroads or whether they just hold their gap, and then they'll come through and just blister the run. So. <clears throat> Yeah, you'd think Reef smoking it. Lucy Charles, I'm not I haven't got her in my top three. I think she'll probably do pretty well, but if you're not hundred percent, I think she'll get maybe spat out. Yeah, think of her latest results. How's she gone? She did Yeah, really well so far this year. And we if we think to last year. Post 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 injury? That yeah. Reason, well, she smoked the world triathlon championship long course race on the same weekend as, as Collins Cup. So she did well there. She did well at the seventy point or the, the PTO race in Dallas a couple of weeks ago. With challenges, you know, in terms of her bike um, screwing things up a bit on the bike and, and sort of struggling maybe to get all the nutrition in. So she's certainly going to be there or thereabouts. But, you know, we, if we point back to her 70.3 last year, that was just next level. Yeah. And so if, if she recaptures that sort of form, totally different story. She's then, definitely the what if of this year, isn't she? Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, in the women's race, we always see a lot of movement on the run. You know, we'll see Anne Haug come through. She'll probably need that same sort of run that she had last time, like a 251 or something like that to, to come through. But um, I'll Okay, just, so what are, you, what are your top three? My top three, where have I got to put my top three? I did that earlier. I've got um, Reef to take it out. Um, Anne Haug second, Laura Phillip in third. So Switzerland, hard to go Germany, that, Germany. Mm. Yeah, the only ones you'd... Unless Reef... It's a bad day, but it's pretty hard to go through past that. Mm. Okay, so then Dark Horses for you? Uh, I think I said last week, Sarah True, you know, she's coming back from having a baby, done a little bit of racing, certainly not going to be over-raced. Yeah. Um, and last time she did Kona, she certainly was over-raced. Uh, so she would be my Dark Horse to, to do really, really well. Then we have the men's race. And the men's race is really, really interesting because it's pretty hard not to put your money on, on Blumenfeld. I'm not. Just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> wow, that is that is very brave of you. Okay, so let's talk about this. So if we look at it's, it, first of all, St George. We can't really put too much on St George, can well, we? I found St George to be absolutely fascinating because you had this group off the front that you probably wouldn't have picked. You know, in terms of the riders there, they, they're all really good, but they just stayed away from the best bike riders in the mm. sport. And I've often thought, I wonder if this will happen this year in Kona and then it all comes together and then mm. it breaks up a bit. It was just amazing that they um, they held it away. If that, that could potentially happen again this year in Kona, but I, we haven't really seen it happen like that much before. I can't recall, was St George hot? Uh, it was, yeah, well, it was hot. Hot, not, like not, hot. So, not sort of Kona. It's just different different sort of hot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, that's the question. So have we seen Blumenfeld... Like he's a long career, but have we seen him in these types of conditions? Because that's the only that's the really. only mystery I have. Hmm. You know, how does he handle these conditions? Because yes. he is a bigger unit. Okay, like I know he's probably looking. Oh, not compared to like Ditlev and stuff. Yeah, I, true. Yeah, so um, that's I'm fascinated to see if that group can get away in the front again. So that would be your likes of Sam Laidlow, 
Braden Curry managed to get in there last time. Um, Daniel Beckengard and I think it was Florian Angert. So if they can get away in the swim and the start of the bike ride, with they've got the balls and the confidence to go, let's just lay this all down. And if that big group, the second group is massive again, um, whether they can stay away, because that will totally change the complexion of the race. It's a very different race without Fredino and Brownlee there. Uh, that massively changes, because if they were both there, then they would be driving that front group, and then they may well stay away. Um, but without them there, just lacks a bit of firepower on the bike. Well, that's at least what I thought before St George, but then we were proved wrong. So the drivers in the swim are likely to be Laidlow, Beckingard, Florian Angert, um, and, and a couple of others. Whether or not they're strong enough to really break things up, I'm not so sure. Um, and the other thing for me is... Is everyone out there going to be just watching the Norwegians and, and racing the Norwegians and some something else might happen and you're just kind of blindsided by it? Because everyone thinks they're going to win it. A bit like when um, um, Norman Sadler took it out that mm. first time. You know, like the second time was a crazy... The first time was a crazy windy day, wasn't it? Mm. And, and or, or do you go, I've got to attack these Norwegians because they're probably going to outrun me. So how big an impact do the Norwegians have or do you just kind of stick to your race plan? So I've really got no idea what's going to happen in this race. But, you, you know, Christian Blumenfeld is probably going to be third-pack swimmer and Gustav Eden's going to be even a bit further back. And then you're going to have the, you know, the likes of Lionel Sanders that are even further back. And so then they'll probably have that, you know, start riding through and sort of taking people with it's them. It's funny watching Sanders on a bike, eh? Because his cadence and his gearing, he just mm. pumps it, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. I would not be surprised if we see a massive group coming off the bike this year together. Uh, and how cool would that be if we get like five or six guys running together, shoulder to shoulder? Often when you're watching in Kona, they come off the bike. It's pretty weird that happens. Yeah, but even when that does, they come off the bike and they're still separated by 50 metres yeah. each. You don't really see packs at the front. No, but that would be cool, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, it would be I'd awesome. I'd love it. Especially if you've got guys who are pretty similar to their ability. Yeah. You know, because you might get that cyclist who's, you know, you know he's going to fade away pretty quickly. Mm. But if you've got like, like you know, four or five Well, if you, if you think you've got um, Gustav Eden, you're going to have Christian Blumenfeld, maybe Sanders is caught up, Patrick Lang is in the mix as well. Even like a Braden Curry? Braden Curry. Uh, you're going to have, re- it'd be bizarre watching, you're going to have these But really how would that happen? Because surely the cyclists are going to get away. Who are, the, who are the guns on the bike now? Who are, who are the guys well, who are you got, like... You've got Wirth and uh, Sanders are probably your two two of your strongest riders. And what uh, about like Joe Skipper? And Joe Skipper as well. So yeah. you put, should put him in the mix as well. So, but they, so the problem for all three of those is they've got to catch up. Got to catch up and then they've got to drop everybody. Yeah. And the one person... And how long would it take for them to catch up? Uh, they, they usually don't catch up until at least the end of the Queen K, if not f- further into it. Yeah, so then, the, then how much time could they break away? Mm. You think... Cam Worth's the one who, who can easily get away, but he's, he's got to run a 250 to do it. Whereas if you look at Joe Skipper, he doesn't have to necessarily get away from them because he can outrun everybody. Mm. And the same deal with Lionel Sanders. I was just thinking that that contrast, if we if we see a group running along the Queen K, you think of the different running types. If you had Sanders, Curry, Skipper, Gustav Eden, Blumenfeld, uh, they're but, just but, so uh, different. Okay, let's say and Langer, let's even say you get Langer there. Although Langer, would he, would he, would he be there? It could be, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, who are you picking then? I'm going. Like, I don't see this happening. This is a total dream case scenario. But let's say we get five; those five turning up. I'm going Patrick Langer. He's, oh. I'm picking Patrick Langer for the win. Oh, back it up! <laughs> Where'd this come from? What's what you're thinking here? What well, drugs you on? I'm thinking that it's going to come down. There's going to be a big group coming off the bike, and he'll be in that group. And you think he's the best he's, runner still? 
in those conditions, yeah. He's proven. He's proven. He's done, every time that he's done it, been there. Other than last time where he actually didn't finish the race, did he? It was on the bike they pulled out on the yeah, bike. Yeah, yeah. But mm. basically he's always ran extremely. Even mm. when he got second, he got mm. second first, didn't he? Mm. Uh, he's always had stellar runs. So I'm picking Langer, Gustav Eden and Lionel Sanders. Wow. There you go. You haven't even got Bloomfield in the top four or three. No. He's You're dreaming. He's blowing up. He's going to get those little crampy cramps like he got You're in the dreaming, PTO race. Mate. You're dreaming. Yeah. Jeez. Where I reckon Blumenfeld is slightly susceptible is the bike. Um, Why? But he just, he's just not as strong as uh, Gustav, Gustav Eden on the bike. And so I think he's slightly susceptible to that, and that's why I haven't got him in the top three. Why, 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 what happened in, why was he so good in St. George then? Um, he wasn't, you know, coming off the bike in St. George, he was well down on that front group, and he ran his way through. So fantastic runner. Um, I just think he's a little bit susceptible on the bike. And I just think Lionel Sanders, it was the best thing that happened to him was to get that absolute whooping and having a really crap race at the PTO race in Dallas uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I think that was, is a sign that he's actually going to be peaking at the right race. Oh, this is a bit cool. So what do you think who you've got? You've got Langer, who you've always never given any yeah, support so to. It's going to backfire. Langer is going to do so oh, yeah. crap now. It's going to be a complete backfire. But Langer, Eden, and the reason I've gone for Eden is he's a bit stronger on the bike. Um, still very untested. <laughs> I think he's done one iron man. One, I think. Uh, and Lionel Sanders. did he? No, he didn't. No. He, was, he was sick for St. George. So that's my top three. Oh, Hang it, you put me off because normally I just copy you. I don't yeah. agree with you on this one. Um, okay, so who we got here? So I'm going to say, who we got? Who we got? Who we got? Look at the men. Um, Kyle Buckingham. <laughs> right. <laughs> Kyle Smith. Got to get Kyle Smith out, Kiwi. Oh, uh, oh, that's what I actually meant. Um, There's so many names on here that I don't know. Robert. Will Kowalski from Poland. I'm going to go out there and say he might be the first go Polish athlete. I'm going to go Blumenfeld. And the reason I'm going to go Blumenfeld, and I know you're saying he might not have him on the bike, he, he delivers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this guy, other than when he cramped him, in, what was what was that? Was that um, Canada? Uh, Canada, PGO. Yeah. Yep. So other than when he cramped, this guy knows how to win a race. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and basically in the last two years, he's won everything he's touched. And we know he's of pedigree. He might have a slight bike weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, he's more proven than Eden. Eden Eden doesn't know this game as well. Like oh, he's been doing he's been doing seventy point threes a lot longer. Multiple seventy point threes. He's an Ironman. Yeah, you know, it's an Ironman branded race. Oh, that <laughs> on that case is exactly the same. <laughs> Great argument. So by the same company. So I'm going to go Blumenfeld. What happens to Sanders? Is Sanders going to be there? Sanders is tough. Sanders is, is at his peak of his condition. He's only got a few more years left, I think, yeah, at this he's, real he's top older. level. Yeah. And he's another one that got a bit screwed by COVID. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be desperate to, to do to do well at this what, race. What about like a curry? Yeah, he'll be, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be there or thereabouts. You'd probably, I'd put him in my top five. I'm going Blumenfeld. Colin Chartier, you know, won that uh, won that race last weekend or the week a couple of weekends before. It was hot, humid, but Ironman is different to seventy point three, except for Gustav Eden. I'm going to go Sanders. Oh. Uh, I, I, I don't think Sanders can ever win it. I don't think mm. Sanders. And I'd love to be proven wrong. Mm. I just don't think he's going to get the win at the end of his by the end of his career because um, he's. he's his mental, like his strengths are so amazing, but his weakness just kind of makes it so hard for him. Um, 
Do I go Sanders second? No, I'm going to go Sanders third. Mm-hmm. But then who would be second? I don't know if Eden's got it. I'm not backing Eden. Okay. Patrick Langer, second. Patrick Langer, second. Okay, so Blumenfeld, Langer, and, and, and Sanders. There you go. Who do you want to win it? Like, you know, like who would you love to win it the most? Obviously, Braden Curry, but outside of Curry? Uh, I'd want to see Langer do it, do it to be honest, okay. because um, he just gets written off the whole time by me along with everybody else. Well, but mostly but by you. Mostly by me. Yeah. But just to show, just to. I think I like Joe. Joe Skipper, yep. Yeah, I'd love Joe to win it. Mm-hmm. It'd be great for the sport because he's so good for the sport anyway. Mm. Um, he'd he, have to, he, everything would have to go right for him to win it, wouldn't it? Yeah. We've got to remember. He gave Blumenfeld a pretty good run for his money. Yeah, sub eight, sub eight, sub seven, sub seven. Yeah, you know, and 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 he got a late last minute call up. So Joe's Joe's he'll be good. He'll be good. I'd love Joe to win it. Actually, mm. Joe, Joe's my f- sentimental favourite. Okay. Um. Sorry. Actually, I'm going to change him. Joe yeah. gets third. Sanders is out. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going. Who am I going? I'm going. Blumenfeld, Langer, Skipper, and it's more sentimental. Right. Yeah. But I. But hey. Um. No. Sorry. Yeah, Skipper, Skipper could pull it off. Okay, Jombo, I don't think we need to do a half five. We've got plenty of time. Um, so let's go into... That's it then. <laughs> Wing of the week? No, because we're, we haven't gotten any. We're, we're, we're pre-recorded the show. Oh, there you go. No Wing of the week? Well, question. John Swimsett. Brought to you by Form Goals. Love my Form Goals. Disappointing I wasn't wearing them today because I didn't get to go swimming because we've been recording this show. Now, you're still in criteria? I must am be in Kiteri. Yes, yeah. I am. Uh, so I got a workout of the week from their goggles. Um, oh, nice. Because with the form, you sign up and you get your goggles and you get access to all their workouts. And it's it's great. If you're a self-coached athlete or not even self-coached, you're just trained by yourself and you just need workouts, this is the way to go. Uh, so I thought, let's find a little challenging session they've got in there. Um, and this, I uh, went into their filter and I put in a test set and I put in a long distance and it gave me three different test set options. And this is a cracker of a workout that I was really? looking at going, I wouldn't have come up with this, but I like the look of it. Uh, it's called an unlimited future. So the warm up is 200 warm up. 450's choice, 425's kick, and 425's strong. Whenever you're doing this with the form goggles, it's basically going to be walking you through this workout. So it'll be showing you in the goggle, and the goggle will say, right, do your 200. This will be, it'll be telling you how much rest to have um, between your 50s, between your 25s, and so on. So there's your warm-up. And then the main set is sort of a bit of a progressive distance in terms of going fast. So you do 100 metres freestyle fast, and you do 425's easy. 200 meters fast, 450's easy. 300 fast, 1225's easy. 400 fast, 850's sort of easy moderate. And then finish off with 500 fast. So you've got, uh, yeah, 100, 200, 300, 400, 500 fast separated with an easy set in between them. That'll be a tough little session, um, especially when the distance is getting longer rather than shorter. Then your warm down is 825's choice, 100 breaststroke. Breaststroke's great to do when you're warming down. Uh, and 100 metres freestyle. Nice workout. Nice yeah. challenging set. Yeah, I love it as well because it's like, you turn up to the pool. You don't have to think about it. You find the workout. Press a couple of buttons. Done. And and, and, and I, I, I haven't actually seen it yet, but I imagine they've kind of got, based on the kind of outcome you want from today, so I'm sure mm. they've endurance sets, speed sets, and so on. Um, it just seems to me like the greatest tool of all time for us, isn't it? It takes the thinking out of it. When you're in the pool and your mind starts wandering, you're going to have the numbers flashing in front of you, so you'll be able to get your pace sorted out. It's so motivating. And, yeah. 
So you heard from Hannah Wells last week, who she swims by herself quite a bit and absolutely loves them. So if you swim by yourself, check them out. So go to formswim.com, use the promo code uh, IM15. Make sure you do use that promo code. It gives you 15 bucks off, but also recognizes to Form Swim that they know that you guys are listeners. So check it out. Out. Formswim.com, highly recommend these goggles. People seem to love them. So much so, Hannah Wales actually approached them. Mm. Saying, hey, I wouldn't want being sponsored by you guys. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, we also want to say a massive uh, good luck to those people. We, we only know about three people doing it, but we're sure many more. Well, I know plenty of people don't. I just want to give these people a good of a, a shout out. Dave Dowdy, he's a legacy athlete racing over there. Wasn't Dave Dowdy the one you raced against? No. no. Where was that? The Australian guy. We had that rivalry for a little moment. Oh, and he was Irish. Um, the pod. Yeah, Paul, 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 Paul O'Doherty. Paul O'Doherty, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dave, D, Dave D squared Dowdy. What's the story? Uh, he is a legacy athlete, so haven't you got to do 12 to get yeah. to, to get over there? So that's his story. I suppose that's the other thing about the two races, to get a lot more legacy through. Mm. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Rob, the spine tingler green, and Gareth Holbrook. So now, have, have, have these first time doing it? or uh, Two first timers, one returnee. Good luck and enjoy the experience, people. I, now, okay, third thing. Is it a better cone a week because we've got two races? Oh, I'd be awesome. If, if I was a female or if I was one of those older males, I'd be loving it to be able to go go race on. Because the best thing is, you race Thursday, you've got a day off to chill out, and then you go and do it. If you had to get up the next morning and spectate, you'd probably go sit yeah. on the side of the road, but it'd be a bit challenging. Um, but yeah, for the females and the older men, it'd be brilliant. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? So, yeah. We've gone on and on and on and on and on and on about the downsides in terms of the cost and the crowding and actually getting accommodation, but the actual experience, experience, and yeah, it'll be wicked. Okay, I want to say a big thank you to our patrons. John, you can go first. Uh, we have got Brian, the funny guy, Fallon. We've got Michelle, ATM, which represents, not money, it represents awesome, awesome triathlon mum, and that's Curvin. And George, Mr. Madman Gray. If you want to become a patron of the show, go to www.imtalk.me. Uh, you support the boys. Also, that's where you can get the show emailed to you. For those people who are patrons, we really appreciate your support. It helps supporting us and getting the show out each week. Uh, if you want to become a patron, you do get gifts and you get prizes. Or you're going to draw to win prizes. But more importantly, you just support a show that hopefully you enjoy. If you want some coaching, coachjohnjuston.com has epic camps. When is it? Uh, it's coming up in a few weeks' time in October. So if you're like, even if you're in Australia, highly recommend jump on a plane, come it's on over. You'll absolutely love it. It's the greatest way to see the country. Um, also, my podcast, PevanJamesIsles.com, or my new book, PassionAboutExercise.com. Spread the word. It's not necessarily for you people, but for people you know in your life who struggle with exercise. I've been getting some really cool feedback, which is great. Um, other content, age group a week, cool websites, other feedback. I am talk podcast at gmail.com. Now, John, you've got of 1987. Hold on, I've just got to do... Oh, the quiz question. The quiz question. So good old Torsten from tryrating.com. Go check them out. Uh, about the, the Norwegian, Norwegian. Has there ever been a Norwegian pro that's raced in Kona? So well, I'm thinking the answer is yes. Yeah. But, but how many is the question? Very few. I'm going to say three. Um, Arvid Tvetian, the current head coach of the Norwegian Olympic program, oh, who really? also coached Christian to his gold medal. He raced Kona as a pro in 1997. Wow. Back when qualifying was way easier than now, in his own words, it was definitely way easier. It was way easier when I was racing as well in 2005. You did 5 out of 4. 5. I, had, I got 10th and I'm in New Zealand and you qualified. I won my age group, John. No, yeah. I didn't. 
But this no, was pros. Oh, this is not not age oh, groups. True. I'm talking pros. Pro, yeah. It was ridiculous. Uh, there's no way I should have been able to go. Uh, he finished. Where'd you finish as a pro? Tenth and I mean No, no, in Kona. Oh God, no. Last probably. No, I wouldn't have been last, but I probably would have been pretty what, close what, to what, it. What did you do? Nine thirty. I was. It was. It was not pleasant. Well, you're hoping you probably sub nine. Uh, I don't really know what I necessarily. I didn't know. Really don't think I really had a time target. Um, yeah, I capitulated. You, yeah, you guys. Didn't, yeah, yeah. That was. Um, and it was reasonable. You ever really nailed Cone, have you? That's that's seventy point three. Nailed it. You won multiple it multiple times. You won it. I man need to just that, that itch what's still the, needs what, to be scratched. What, what, what's the key? Uh, acclimatization is is the number one key. Okay. Just allowing enough time to get over there and get out of our winter. Um, so anyway, back not about me, back to Alvid Fetton. He yeah. raced in Kona as a pro in 1997. Uh, he finished in 9.37.02 as 42nd in the men's pro field. The fastest Norwegian in Kona should be, he thinks, Lars Petter Stormo. He did 8.37 in 2018, finishing 2nd in the men's 35. So there you go. He only thinks there's... Uh, Two. Well, the, the other one was an age grouper. Uh, yeah, um, so the Norwegian pro... Is now the coach, one of the coaches. So there you go, Kona. It's going to be good. I'm trying to find the results from 2005. Where'd you get? <laughs> well, I've got the f- f- finishing picture with me and Albert Boyce. Oh, did you finish for Albert? Well, he started 15 minutes behind me. Okay, he beat you. So he did uh, 9:15, and he got on the in the podium for the f- I think it was 40 to 44s. But no, I don't. I don't want to say age groups, but he was on the podium in his age group. And I was uh, stumbling across the finish line and proceeded to vomit everywhere later on that night. Needed a couple of drips. Couldn't <laughs> couldn't walk. Um, I thought I had a stress fracture in my hip before the race and after the race. Could not walk. I, I literally had to crawl into our condo and crawl up the stairs on all fours. Uh, it wasn't pretty, and it was not a great performance. Tell you what, John, they make it hard to find the World Championships. I'm in World it's Championships. 2020. Okay, I'm going to pause. Pause. Okay, so I found your result, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking they went female and male yeah, in we, your result. We, probably. Because you got 56 out of 84. <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking I should do okay in the swim. Got smoked in the swim. How <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> swam probably harder than I should have. And then I remember... And I've told the story probably before. I don't remember. It was that. forty k's into the bike ride. We were you? Oh, I don't know, somewhere on the Queen K. No, no, but like where were you in the field? I, I am getting <laughs> obliterated, <laughs> and I look down, and I've averaged forty k an hour through the first uh, ninety, oh, first um, hour and a half of the race, and I was getting absolutely shelled out the back and I was going way too hard and I was still getting smoked. I was just so far out of my depth it wasn't even funny. Um, so no. And then I paid the price on the way back. So you but did. I still came up. Maybe the pro woman started just behind us. I, I, just, I remember coming off the bike with Natasha Badman uh, and, so not, and you, not being and, able to run. And you were her. so impressed with her running. I remember that. Yeah. Because you were like, I, I should have to stay off here. And she just yeah. took off. And I remember going into the porter to- toilets on the I'd just packed a complete sad at one stage. I'd vomited a few times on the Queen K. Going into a porter toilet on the Queen K and just about passing out because it was so insanely hot. Oh, yeah, of course. And at that stage out there, I think, um, yeah, a few other people passed me. Well, your times were so you were a male pro, you got 56 category places, but obviously they had female and males, so it's hard to know where you got Mm. in the men's. But well, we probably could figure it out. It's probably about five, six females in front of you, eh? Probably. Yeah, Yeah. so you probably got about, you know, probably 50th, Mm -hmm. you know, in the men's. Take that. 
uh, which is probably could be close to last. <laughs> it wouldn't have been last, but it would have been definitely not top part of the field. Um, but you swam at 5507. Mm, yeah. Which, what would you expect? No non wetsuit? Yeah, about that. I was, I, I was reasonable swimming back, swimming back then. You rode, so that second half of the swim must have been a real blow up because you rode 502. Mm. So if you did 40k for the first 90, you know, first 90 minutes. There was a lot of suffering on the way back yeah, on the 20k. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and then you ran to 330. Yeah. So. Not it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, totally. It could have been like a total blowout. Mm. You obviously stuck your head in the game. 330. Uh, yeah, but I, I remember I think I was trying to run to probably a close to a three hour schedule. And uh, so I think the first half was okay. Second half, not so good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good, good listen. Well, it's pretty obvious why you're cocked up. You swam like you're like the world <laughs> and then you bike like you're a bloody Norman Settler. <laughs> Who won it that year? Was that the year? Um, um, Ferris, I Ferris think won it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's have a look here. So, the men's winner. Let's have a look. I've got to go and do a bit of stat here. So, it's Ferris Al Sultan. That was the year Canberra got second. Mm. Wow. Peter Reed was third. That might have been the last time he did it, would it? Probably about that time. So, Ferris won by five minutes. Dominant. Mm. He ran at two forty-two. 252, really? sorry, oh, 252. 254, sorry, I'm all over the place. And if I look for female, female, male, male, female, female, female. It was female. either, it was um, Natasha Badman, I think. Oh, yeah, Or course. was it um, Michaela Jones? Um, female, 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 female. I'm literally just having to scroll through. What time do you reckon they were done? About nine or something? Yeah, uh, Batman, Batman took it out in 909. Jeez, times mm. have got faster, haven't they? And then the next female. It was tough, yeah. It was horrendous no, it was, conditions. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> oh, Kelly Jones was second. Yeah. And then, and then she won the next year. Oh, did she? Did she come back mm. next year, did she? And then uh, Kate Major. Mm. She was a Pommy girl, wasn't she? Uh, no, she was an Aussie. Oh. She used to be a squash player, I think. Really? Well, yeah, she came in third place. Yeah, so that was back in 2000. Joe Lawn got fourth. They do make it hard to find the results. I don't know where you found them, but I'm looking on the Ironman website and it's not bloody showing anything. Sports before sets. 2014. Yeah, so it's come on, shocking, brush up, brush up. Yeah, they need to have that. Mm. They should have every result of all time. Yeah, it's a 101. Yeah, sharpen up, sharpen up. Bevan, do you know what I'm doing this week? What are you doing, mate? So I'm in Kaiteri, and I'm planning on biking back with my son halfway on mountain bikes. It's going to be my first experience. Doing what do you mean halfway? Well, we're going to be biking to Springs Junction. So it's how long is that? Christchurch to where we go to Kaiteri Terry is about 450. So you're doing a mountain bike. Yeah, so we're going to do, but we're bike packing. So we have a first experience bike packing. And so we're going 120k on the first day and then about 100 on the second. But, you know, there's a bit of off roading sort of stuff. And the photomesis is reasonable distances. It's a lot of shit to carry when you go on a mountain bike when you're doing this. And you've got. How long is it going to take you? Oh, uh, no, it's not, it's not that long. Is it it'll be like probably average 20k an hour if we're lucky. So it'll be like six hours and probably five hours. Oh, jeez. Um, ballpark. And, but you've got to carry. A sleeping mat each, you've got to carry a tent, a sleeping bag, you're cooking stuff, clothes for the next day. So it's what like carriages on your bike or something, I've got, you? I've got four uh, little pop, um, bags that I carry on my back, and I'm hoping I'm not going to have to carry anything on my backpack. Um, God, there's a lot of shit to carry. And it weighs, all the stuff by itself, you just pick it up, it doesn't weigh anything. Yeah, of course. Put all that on your bike, it's holy crap. And you wear a pack as well? I'm hoping I'm not going to have to carry a pack. Because I'll hopefully have it all on my bike. Is it pretty unstable? Uh, yeah, you don't want to be fanging it around the corners too yeah, much. Yeah. We're going a straight line, sweet ass piece of cake. Is there a, is there a road? Is there? Have they completed that road? The, the all of New Zealand thing? Uh, no, not really. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So, yeah, we're doing a mixture of um, trails and roads and shingle roads and things like that. So it'd be a nice little adventure. Oh, that'd be an awesome adventure. Mm. Good father-son stuff. Exactly. When you get there, what do you do at night? Um, well, where we're staying is by a lake and it is, sounds like Sandfly Central. Oh, okay. So we will probably <laughs> be cook it, timing it so we get in just before dark, cook dinner, go and hide in the tent oh, really? and get up early next morning and get the hell out of there. Beautiful spot, a place called Lake Rotorua, which I don't know that I've ever actually been there, but the pictures look amazing. Mm. Uh, but apparently Sandfly Central. Nothing worse than getting bitten like crazy. <sighs> oh, and you're scratching, you're trying to do the X thing. And, yeah. Oh, that's not good for you. Ben, you're a week further down the track. We're thinking when this actually show comes out, what's your exercise regime going to be the, the week after? Or the week oh, after so week? so basically, if you guys know, I had health problems a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm recording this last week. Uh, so this week, I'll be getting back to teaching mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit of light running. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'll probably get back to about 10 hours of exercise, but pretty light. Um, I was hoping to do like a marathon or something in the next six months, but that's kind of put a squash on that. Mm. So I'll aim to get back to running. I don't know. I'm kind of... It's all about music right now, John. That's right. Music. Go, go listen to that later on today. Yeah, there you go. Um, other than that, John, no. Uh, what, is, what is it? Are we October yet? We are October, yep. Jesus Christ. The year's going to finish. Uh, no. There you go. Uh, there's an uh, Ironman have introduced an event theme and initiative aimed at a mindful return of the VinFast Ironman World Championships to Kailua Kona. Kui, what does that mean? Like and... Live Aloha is the theme for this year's Ironman World Championships. Brought to you by VinFast. Electric cars. Wow. They definitely get the old big sponsors like they used to, do they? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It used to be like Ford and not, not you know, VinCars. Yeah. haven't even heard of it. Um, you have now. Well, it worked. That's what marketing's meant to do. It's meant to make it present in your mind. Okay, John, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia car. car.